you're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions, the worst investment you can have is cash, real estate acquisitions, your financial advice depends on who you are, and everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lee Chandler Podcast, where we talk about commercial finance. And today's gonna be a little bit different, but before we get into our guest speaker today, which I'm really excited to have, um, first of all, let you guys know, uh, thank you for being here. And um, it's gonna be a little bit different, more than just hearing my voice, thank God. So, <laughs> no one no one laughed, okay, cool. Um, so, we're gonna do some introductions, and then we're gonna introduce um, our guest speaker today. So, uh, Mr. Baker, are you ready to introduce yourself? Although I kind of did. Sure. Okay. My name is Marcus Baker. I've got a bachelor's degree in accounting. I work for Lee Chandler as a, um, what's that? I manage all of our training materials. So if you have any troubles with any of that, always hit me up at Marcus uh, at Lee, Lee-Chandler.com. All right. My, and then we also have? Yes. My name is Hank Hunt. I'm a manager at Lee Chandler. Uh, I have a degree in accounting and an MBA, and I've worked for a, a, a century in on the financial side of things, um, helping running businesses, consulting with businesses, working not for profit, uh, real estate development. Uh, I think that's enough. Okay. All right. Cool. And our special guest, we have Mr. Ladon Planting. Uh, he actually has <laughs> a great background in nonprofit work and consulting, and that's actually where I met Mr. Planton. Uh, as a reference to a nonprofit, and he uh, is a gentleman that, man, has done a lot of great things already and has actually imparted a lot of knowledge and understanding or a lot of understanding for me. In addition to that, you know, just like in work, right, you guys, anyone who's ever been around a water, water cooler, you're talking to your colleagues about different things, and you guys are there about working, working on technology, but somehow or another you guys talk about maybe football or basketball, right? In this case, we were talking about investments, and we start and he started sharing me sharing with me things about the stock market, things that I did not know. So, uh, I want to share that with you. And without further ado, welcome, Mr. Clint. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm a little bit nervous. It's been a long time since I've been uh, on anyone's show. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'm here. I'm willing to answer as many questions as I can. Uh, what I do know, I'm quick to tell you what I don't know, <laughs> whether I don't know, but I will go look it up for you. <laughs> but um, essentially, um, as I was talking about uh, prior to the show, uh, I um, I first go off and I ask people when we're talking about the markets or when we're talking about finances, because I know that financial literacy is it's not taught in a lot. It's not taught extensively in school. It's not taught extensively at home. We learn to put your money up, put it in a piggy bank, save it, um, put it in a bank. Uh, you're supposed to work hard, save your money, put it towards retirement and do uh, and um, live the best life that you can. Uh, but it's so much more that you can do. And I feel as though that we get shorted so much from that. And so I just took it as a personal mission, uh, just to anybody I encounter. Um, hey, look, 
what do you know about finances, financial literacy? Not not that I know everything. Again, it's just like I want to know what you know so that you can know what I know, and then synerg- uh, the the synergistic movement of it all. We will be able to just build on top of that, and so. Um, one of the things I asked them, uh, one of the things I will ask is like, my first question would be is, what would you like to have? Would you like to have a million dollars put in front of you right now on the table? And, or would you choose option B, uh, a dollar to compounds every day for a year? Would you believe how many people would take that million dollars? <laughs> Well, I, be, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if somebody's just holding up a dollar bill compared to having that big old case full of, of with a million dollars right there, I mean, instant gratification is something that we as Americans, as people who live from paycheck to paycheck, I mean, instant gratification is something that sometimes it's just easier to buy, pay us off, buy us off. And we get that a lot of times through uh, the television, the shows we watch, the trends that we see set. Um, but the thing is, is that if you chose option B, you think about how much that will compound. So, yes, you would start off on day one with a dollar, but on day two, you have two dollars. Day three, four, day uh, four, you have eight. Day yeah. Day five, you got 16. Day six, 32. Day seven, you got $64. Right. Day eight, $128. And it yep. compounds from there every day for 365 days. By the end of that year, oh, you're looking at roughly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody would go oh, way, way more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I you're take, saying 10 million. They can understand 10 million. Yeah, yeah. By day it's 32, the, you're up to 2.1 billion. On um, day 32? Yeah. I think no, maybe million. Million. Wow. Yeah, a million in the what? Yeah. Day 21? Well, put it this way it'd be a whole bunch of money. Okay? It's a whole lot of money. <laughs> So, and you know, a lot of times people take that payoff uh, on the table. Uh, now, see, if we look at the lottery too, and th- this is just really, this is not me digressing. This is me just kind of like setting the stage for what we're talking about in the financials, okay? Uh, in the financial segment, right? I mean, it just seems obvious. I mean, man, now you think about it, like, man, why not just take that dollar? I had to be greedy and just take that big old case right now. Now I'm looking a year later. I done spent most of my million dollars and this guy, he's about to collect all his. <laughs> or at the lottery, you know, people sit there and say, which one would you want to do now? Do you want to take the lump sum or do you want to get paid within 30 years? Which one would I take? The smart one, Bunny, would be what you're being taught right now. Some of us educated folks would be like, well, no, I think I'm going to let mine just space out. But... I wouldn't do that either because you'd be losing money with taxes and everything else. My accountants here would probably agree with me with that. I would take the lump sum, put it in an account. So if I had $315 million uh, jackpot out of the $500 million I just won from the Powerball, and I let the compound interest start coming back onto that, you know, and say, so I put myself on a strict limit. I mean, I'd probably be making, what, $17 million a year from there? Because I took the lump sum. So it's kind of like I just gave you two different scenarios with money. Like, man, don't take the lump sum right now. 
let the compound in. But then again, I just sat there and told you on the opposite spectrum, wait a minute, take the lump sum with this lottery and let it work for you. And that's my point. That's what I'm coming to right now. I want your money to work for you. When we grew up, we put our money in a savings account. And what do we get uh, on a standard savings account is what, 0.03% uh, annually? What now? Something like that. Yeah. What, right now? Zero, yeah. No, 0.01 yeah. and that point, yeah. 1.5. Yeah, yeah. On your dollar. Yeah. Now you know what they're doing with your dollar. They're putting that into the market. Uh -huh. You know? So they're taking your dollar, making their compound while you're compounding what? It'll take you, if you came off with, if you start off with a thousand dollars, you may have 1,018 in 10 years. <laughs> it don't add up. Yeah. It don't add up. So you got to get your money to working for you. That's essentially how I start the conversation off, yeah. right? Now, to get into technicals, you're not going to learn everything overnight. I still learning. I'm still learning daily. And that's the first thing we have to bring to everybody's attention. And like I said, you know, it doesn't make no difference what your background is, what, what your demographic you hold. We're all running under the same, uh, under the same green belt, <laughs> the monetary system. That's a, <laughs> so that's a good metaphor right there, the green belt. That's good. Okay. So with that said, all right. So there are options for dealing with your money, right? And so today, uh, with me being invited on this song, I just want to talk about a brief excursion about the markets. You know, uh, I know that you hear that, you know, oh, you might see on the news the Dow was up 15% today. S&P was up only 3%. You know, NASDAQ, which is a tech company, may have only been up 8% today. But then you sit there and look, oh, my goodness, everything is red. Today was a red day. Uh, uh, in the market, right? In certain oh, sectors, in certain sectors. And um, um, the thing was, is that I, I tell everybody, okay, yes, the market might be green. So what does that mean? You go and jump in and put your money in there? No, people are making money. And people, I guess the Great Depression probably just threw everybody off with the market crashing and everything. But I've learned one thing for sure and for certain, and I can tell that each one of you probably know this the same, and everyone listening, is that that you could, people make money whether the market is going up, going down, or going sideways. All you got to do is be in the right position to make sure that you're that that you can make the money the same way. And so. It's just a matter about different structures in which you put your money in. A lot of people, and I do, I'm not a financial advisor, so let me, any any advice that you take today, please uh, do not take this as financial advice. Consult a licensed financial <laughs> advisor. I want to throw that out there uh, just in case I might throw a stock or something out there because uh, I do that often sometimes too. So please, uh, if you want to take advice from anybody, please look for a licensed financial advisor. I want to make sure that I don't get stuck and Lily don't. <laughs> You should appreciate that. Okay. This is all opinion and uh, experience. Okay. All right. So dealing with certain segments of the market, there are several different ways you can go into the market. You can go a traditional way for those who just are not really good with numbers and just really want 
to be able to take their money and have someone trusted with them. You can actually go to any type of financial professional and tell them what your goals are, the times that you would like for it to work on. They're going to tell you, do you want to be more aggressive? Do you want to be more safe with your money and everything else? Uh, me, I always advise you, I don't care. I have nothing against Edward Jones, uh, T. Rowe, Price, or Charles Schwab. Uh, my whole thing is be active. Don't just give anyone your money you know, and hold on to. You have to be active because they may guarantee you 15% on your money while they're making every bit of 115% or 85% on your money. As long as they're producing that 15% on your return each annually and doing whatever else they need to do with the money, because that's what they're doing. They're just gathering up everybody's money that they're working with, putting it into their portfolios and everything else breaking it up, making sure that everybody get their slice of what they was contractually promised. I don't think any financial advisor or planner that is listening to LaDon is happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the thing is, is that, and see, this is not what we're taught. And again, you know, I'm saying that it's nothing wrong with that. At least be active so that if that's all you want is your 15%, great. That's all that you should get. But if you're like me and I want my compound interest, I want my kids to have something and I want I want to live comfortably when I get to that age where I get all the discounts and AARP continues to keep on sending me mail like they're doing right now ahead of time. And I'm getting these calls, the spam calls talking about, well, we need to make sure you're still active for Medicaid and everything. I want to be able to tell <laughs> that I'm taken care of. That's right. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, you're taking care of because you took care of yourself. You didn't have nobody else taking care of you. And that's the whole thing. I don't want you to be ignorant. Ignorance leads to misunderstanding. And I want and communication is like the best ticket of all. Have a relationship with your broker. Make sure that you're talking to them. Make sure that each time that they decide they want to move your assets into a particular position that you agree with it but also have input as to where you want your assets to go to. Because I know uh, from a previous uh, encounter I've had with Mr. Hunt and some of the other participants here is that if you look at the um, the social climate, the world climate right now, uh -huh. you would know that the market is moving in certain directions where there are certain assets that if your portfolio don't possess, then that is criminal negligence to me. <laughs> you know, if you don't have energy in your portfolio, natural energy, you know, if you don't have some commodities in your portfolio, then you're having some problems right now. You need to talk to them about that, you know, uh, just throwing some assets out there, you know, natural gas right now, um, um, oil, you know, commodities, gold and silver right now, you know, there are some stocks that are not good to have right now as you're holding on to them, but then there's others those same stocks would be good to be making money on before they go into the negative, you know, uh, or, or you take big losses from them. But that's not what I want to get to. Uh, again, you'll find me digressing because my mind goes all over when it comes to talking about this financial stuff. Um, but if you was to enter into, uh, get, yes. LaDon, real quick, um, be only because you mentioned it, can you, uh, do you mind maybe telling some, some of the listeners uh, just real quick, why would uh, natural resources matter at this particular juncture in time? What's that? I'm sorry. 
Yep. Can you let can you let some of the listeners know why would natural gas you, you, or natural gas? Why would natural resources matter at this point in time? Oh, it's easy for anybody who looks at CNN. C-SPAN or any type of news products, you know that we have uh, potential conflicts going on in the uh, uh, in uh, Europe right now or potential conflicts with Ukraine and Russia. But that's not just all. What type what kind of year it is right now? We're in what uh, we're at. uh, Let me see. Next month starts the uh, spring uh, forward. So we're, we're getting towards the end of winter. Still, energy is high. Gas is uh, expensive as well to travel, but with the uh, with the political uh, rhetoric that's going on and uh, war drums being beaten over in Europe, you got to remember uh, Russia. Uh, their main energy sources uh, company is Gazprom, and uh, sorry if I'm not supposed to drop names, but the thing is, is that um, they supply most of Germany and some of those other uh, uh, NATO allies, and the whole thing is, is that. One of the one U.S. is the U.S. is now becoming one of the biggest exporter of natural gas. You know, Exxon Mobil, um, Chevron. You got to look if you don't hold assets in that. And I'm not just talking about just holding stock. I'm talking about options. There's all types. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit later on when I get questions, because right now I feel like I'm talking a lot and uh I should probably be more direct when people ask me questions. I'm just kind of giving y'all a big old overview, giving you things to think about so that when I get to questions, I can probably answer more concisely. But my whole thing is that there's things called uh, different types of uh, tools that you can use uh, in the markets to uh, capitalize on this. It's not just futures, it's options. Uh, you can do Forexes, uh, you can just do the traditional stocks and uh, stocks. You can do bonds and treasury notes. There's a whole lot of things that you could actually get a hold of and actually take the assets that are existing, whether it's you or your money manager, and you can actually invest them into what's going on because Yes, you might have heard about the news now, but uh, in the stock market, it's just there and says, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? I don't know if y'all ever, heard, uh, if some of you have heard that term before, right? So uh, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? Well, what is the rumor right now? Russia's about to invade Ukraine, <laughs> right? If you're not positioned, it's kind of like uh, if the markets was going to crash, wait a minute, let's see, Tesla, why would you buy Tesla right now, right at this particular moment? If you know that they got a big old, uh, uh, they've had like, what, 72 accidents with their uh, driverless features right now. They got recalls coming in right now. But Ford, Chevrolet, some American brands are actually coming in to that market right now at low prices. You can actually get into that. But why would you even think about, well, I just buy Ford Chevrolet. I tell him to buy that because I just listened to LaDon today. I'm not thinking about that. I'm sitting up to saying, think about where it's going to. You should be looking at uh, microprocessing companies. You should be looking at, like I said, with the oil and stuff, microprocessing companies. You should be looking at lithium because everything's going to EV. Uh, the uh, part of the uh, package right now is for everything going uh um, what a battery or a gasless or uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so EV lithium is a very, very, very good asset to hold on to right now. Um, um, with the oils and the natural gases and stuff like that, um, 
I'm saying there's so much in the market that you hear, but you're really not listening to because it doesn't, you say, well, it don't really pertain to me. I just want to see what they're doing. So if I need to go shopping to Walmart or can I, do I need to go to actual uh, uh, Costco? That's the difference, you know, with code. So, so LeBron, just a few talking points real quick. Um, you mentioned being active, active in the market, not being, not being a hundred percent passive. You yes. Uh, paying, paying attention to the news, not necessarily the news for like the actual headline, but more about the details in reference to the news. So, what what, I, what I'm hearing you say is, uh, for example, we know that uh, Hank's favorite president, you know, has this entire bill going on. Um, about uh, making making giving more access to electrical vehicles, and therefore part of that has to do with with the charging stations. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and so if you can't necessarily be the person that gets a grant or gets a um, a contract to build those charging stations, then maybe you can be the person that could purchase fifty bucks of stock uh, uh, into a lithium company. Right. Yeah. And like I said, <clears throat> those are long terms. And like I said, it depends when you're talking to your financial uh, manager or the financial advisor. It depends on what strategy you're trying to use, because some people don't need money in the long term. Yes, it's good to always have a percentage uh, going going in there with a game plan. But you got to also know that there is midterms. And some people need this as a use it for day to day, like you know, short term gains as well. You know, some people live off the market. So there's uh, three different avenues go. And, you can, and it's not like you can't do all three of them and you don't have to be rich. And that's the that's the, the, the man. You can. How can I say this in the clearest way? You don't need thousands and thousands of dollars to get into the market. And they're actually showing you that now with the Robin Hoods and the, um, all those other little, uh, uh, I just like to put Robin Hood out there because they reach out to rob you anyway. So somebody asked me today, <laughs> hey, could you look at, can you look at my portfolio? And I was like, well, look, look at your portfolio. And uh, it said, yes, uh, my portfolio is on Robin Hood. I said, no, you ain't got no portfolio yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, see, and, and I got to sit there and say, it's not that I'm knocking a company. It's just in my personal experience, it's like sometimes their system or their um, policy in which they handle business is not the way in which, as a customer, I would want my business handled. Okay. Uh -huh. And to say that, for example, is, is that when I want to get out of the options contract, I want to exercise it. That means I want out. You know, I must be in profit. Uh, they don't let me out while I'm in profit. They will wait for the thing to go down and then uh, may not even let me out saying that there may not be a market for my put or and I get into those technicalities later on. But and then next thing you know, expiration date doesn't hit because they still they haven't let me out of my options contract. And um, uh, I get uh, I get um, uh, I, I, I get uh, assigned that option. <laughs> so I mean, instead of being twenty five grand up, you know, <laughs> I might I might lost my uh, primary uh, my primary. Uh,
um, investment. So uh, I, I say I just don't like the way that they move. Um, everybody's different. Everybody just different the way that they do things. Robinhood does have some some positives to it that I just I see them. I just choose to move uh, elsewhere. Everybody's different. But uh, saying that to say is that that's people that are active or just now learning. Uh, as you get more mature and have more assets, you want to have them diversify. So, yes, don't ever say uh, that I, that LaDon said on Mr. Leland's uh, on this podcast that I told you don't put your money with no mar- money marketer. I never told you not to put your money in the bank. And I didn't tell you not to use Robin Hood. I didn't say none of those things. What, what about my mattress? Though? Can I use can I use my mattress? Your mattress. Now, see, <laughs> and just taking a phrase out of the Bible, I'm sitting up there saying they talked about the talent, the the, the one who hid the talent under the mask, uh, the uh, uh, in the dirt, or I forgot where well, he hid the talent. He hid the talent, but it didn't yeah. do nothing for him. One, one came back with ten talents, you know, and it came back with interest. The other one came back with five with interest, and the one had one. Well, I know you hard, so I just decided to hold on to it. Well, it didn't do nothing for me, but just sit back there and have dust. That's what it we're talking about financial stuff all the time. So I'm saying that putting it in your mattress, Leland, is not <laughs> it's probably not the I mean it's probably safe, but I'm just sitting up there saying that if the value of the dollar goes down to like the value of the uh the dinar or the ruble or something like that, then what are you gonna do with that dollar? Except that. I'm gonna use it to, to stay warm. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. It's Kindle, then. Yeah. It's Kindle. Exactly. So. Wow. So. So no. You you want to always you want to always sit there and have it. And so there's different ways of doing it. Like I said, you can go to a financial manager. You can actually start off on Robinhood. Uh, it's okay. It's just like I said. Don't when you do start off, start off slow. And make sure that you're meticulous in what you're doing. Understand your trade, because at this point, the minute that you give them one dollar, that's your trade. Okay, the minute they accept one dollar, they binding in the contract with you. They working for you now. And I'm saying that you ain't going to have anyone sitting up there making more money than you and you paying them. It don't Mm. make sense. Mm. Mm. That's only how it works with financial. Mm. It don't make sense. Okay. Unless I'm missing something, I think that's how it works. I don't know. We got two accountants that I know of on this channel right now, so <laughs> they can make it make sense. Yeah, that's that, so, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they get paid every month. They yeah. get paid every transaction. Yes, exactly. They so they're making more money. Yeah, they oh, make yeah. more they money than you, and they and they work for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, well, that's a misnomer. Yeah, they <laughs> say they work for you. Who do they really work for? Themselves. Absolutely. Because, LaDonna, as you were saying, you know, you, you're in a mutual fund or what have you. You get locked in some investment uh, process. Um, and, uh, and, and you don't know whether you're going or coming. You know, you think you're in for the long haul and they said, hey, 15%. And you're dumb, fat, and happy at 15%. And, you know, and they're compounding. They're getting compound <laughs> interest on your, on your money. But you got your 15%, so you're, you're satisfied. So I guess I say that based on what I've heard, no matter who you are, uh, I, I, I forget whether it was Charlie Tremendous Jones or what one of those, one of those astute individuals said, 
if you're going to put all your money in one basket, watch your basket. Now, all my life, it says don't put all your money in one basket. But sometimes you need to be able to uh, multiply your, your, your assets. And, and you may have to put them all to diversify later on. But you still got to watch it. But I don't think we as individuals are sophisticated enough to know what questions to ask. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I'm not going to say tell us what question to ask because it depends on circumstances, I, I would imagine. It does. Um, and that's a good uh, leeway. It depends on circumstances. Like, are you just in it to put a percentage of uh, your income uh, that is coming in, your fluid, your liquid income or whatever, into the long term, mid term or the short term? And then what are you expecting out of each one? You know, so, you know, it's OK to look for some compounding and some as long as you're growing in each field, like me personally with my uh, short terms, like. I day trade at times, right? So with my short term, I go into it first and foremost with the mindset of what I have versus what I'm trying to get and versus what I'm comfortable with finishing off with. You know, you know, baseball was got all those statistics on there. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, my whole thing is, is that, all right, I know where the market is going to be. So I get up at 530. Uh, I'm in Indiana, so I get up at 530, 5, 530, and I'm going to be looking at the market. Okay, let's see what Tokyo has been doing. Oh. Okay, and then, all right, as the Tokyo session is going on, before New York session opens up, I got a good idea of where the market has been what it's doing and what it's planning on doing today based off of what news that might be available. And then I'll also look at the historical data as well, because some of them have earnings coming up. And Solomon said the best thing is that uh, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, so with that said, there's a pattern to the market. So the pattern is I ain't going to say that we can read it like a fortune teller or is any type of C or anything, but if there's a pattern to something, then you want to start looking at it and see exactly what it's doing during those certain, certain times, conditions, and circumstances. Mm -hmm. I guess so, it depends on the tea leaves. You know, you just got to throw it on the table. Um, sorry, I, I want to come in on because you're in the real estate, I know. And yeah. I'm sitting up there saying that there are certain things that you got to look for in order for a certain asset to look appealing, not appealing. And I'm sitting up there saying Mr. Baker Brooks actually broke that down so good. It's like, hey, look, because in my mind, when I was hearing it, I was like, man, this is a C based off of what he told me. But they got it listed as a B instead of an A. And so I'm sitting up there listening to it. But I'm like, man, everything that you're telling me is a C. I don't know nothing, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut <laughs> while mm -hmm. Mr. Baker talk. But the whole time, he's steady telling me there's a seat in everything he said. And understand, I'm a novice. I don't know nothing to it mm -hmm. about real estate or anything else. But the more he talked, the more I was convinced there was a seat. And couldn't nobody change my mind. No. You know? <laughs> but the numbers were right. And by the time he finished his presentation, he came to the same conclusion until there was more information that was given. It's the same way with the stocks. Everything is the same way. If you see some clouds in the sky, you know that it's April and you sit back there and you feel a breeze to the uh, uh, to the uh, to the north of you, northeast of you. And you like, man, 
like, oh, it might rain today. My yeah. bones ache. And then you mm -hmm. got that little thing in your knee. You might, and you've had it the last five years and it ain't never let you down. You might <laughs> want to look at that. It ain't guaranteed, but you might want to look at that. It's the same way. And that's the way I sit there and say, you got to look at the stock market. It's, it's not something that people can be intimidated about. They look at the charts and mm -hmm. that stuff is technical. If you learn but, the ABCs, you can learn that. But Don, was there an episode in your life that caused you to with the with the vim vigor and vitality that you seem to be displaying or demonstrating right now, sir? Um, two. Uh, first one, uh, January 9th, uh, became a dad. Okay, so, so I mean, no, no, not this year, but about five years ago. That was the first, that was the first, uh, okay. watershed moment. The second one was, um, during my career, um, I ended up going to sleep one night, woke up, don't remember anything, had a seizure, you know, realized mm -hmm. that the things that you know, the things that just come naturally that you should remember, the things that we just know for certain, you don't know mm -hmm. for certain. And see, I lost my memory. Most people have a seizure and they probably good. You know, they just, they accept the epilepsy or whatever. Me, I get wiped out. I don't know nothing, you know. I, I had wow. had different languages, you know, every now and again, uh, somebody say something and I could think of it in the language that I learned. You know, so I mean, wow. I'm just sitting up there saying that things change mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. conditions change. My body ain't the same. I used to play ball. I can't play ball like that. Mm -hmm. I can't play ball really at all. I tried to play with some youngsters this past summer. Wait a minute. That was your problem. <laughs> them, them young boys be jumping out the gym. <laughs> well, I used to, too, in my mind. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, but I'm, yeah, I'm sitting up there saying I'm, I'm, I'm six five, six five and a half, going on six six. It doesn't you matter. Know? You be seven feet. These young boys, I don't know where they get yeah, it from. I, I ain't got it no yeah. more. I thought I had it. You know. Okay. But the thing is, is that the things that were fundamental to me became new, and the thing was, is that I had to relearn a whole lot of things. And in that relearning, I realized that man. A whole lot of things ain't perfect and a lot of things ain't what they seem to be. And can't one of the most, it. you can't control it in the month. Mm -hmm. And the things that you can't control, like your finances, we mm -hmm. don't. We outsource mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And then we expect the same result. Delayed. See, well, I think we look at it maybe in as delayed gratification in reverse. You know, we go Monday through Friday, we get a paycheck or every two weeks we get a paycheck. And we call that security. Yeah, you know, definitely. And, and definitely. you know, and 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 we've been doing it for 15, 20 years, and you know, haven't missed a paycheck until now. But then, all of a sudden, you realize that hey, something's going to happen. Hey, what, what's what's going on? Wait a minute, I'm losing my job. Now what? Too late. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. And it's kind of like, uh, and then one of the other things that came to me also thinking about that was Bitcoin back uh, back. Uh, just before I uh, had my seizure and everything, Bitcoin was only thirteen dollars and sixty-seven cent per coin. Well, can you imagine how many? Yeah. Can you imagine 
how many of those things I would have bought if I, and I knew better, but I didn't act on what I knew because mm. I was going by what was taught. Well, I, I got a question. You mentioned Bitcoin. Three weeks ago, it was, eh, give or take a few dollars, $60,000 a coin. Mm -hmm. And then within a week, it was down to 45000 a coin. How do you how do you grapple with the volatility of of an investment like that? Yeah, and you know, and and, and I say, I guess I'm I'm saying that to individuals that are listening. How 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 are you able to grapple with that type of uncertainty, whether it's a job or whether it's an investment? There's no way. Well. It's, 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 for the long haul, I wouldn't. You know, mm -hmm. for the long haul, I wouldn't because I used to be a Deutsche Coin fan. You know, <laughs> I I made money on Deutsche Coin, man. Until, I, I did good with. Until Musk went on Saturday Night Live, I made my money before then. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I sit up there saying that. Put like this here. I was there before. Uh, matter of fact, that was around the time, but I had gotten out because. I was there when it was like nine cent, six to nine cent. And with there, by the time it got up to 78, uh, 78, uh, 70, 70, 70 cent, I didn't cashed out. Cause I knew we wasn't going to see that again for a long time. <laughs> and now it's hovering around 13% thing. But see, those are uh, what you, that, those are what you call in the market uh, impulse movements, ah, right? Okay. And there's impulse movements all the time uh during the market right uh especially around 8 30 when the new york session opens up or 9 30 i'm sorry 9 30 uh eastern standard time that's when mm -hmm. the new york session opens up um those are impulse movements that's when you see the market going crazy and you see all the for those who looking at charts they see uh depends on what chart you're looking at whether if it's a line chart that you're just looking at squiggly lines go up and down real fast if you're looking at uh candle charts you're looking at the charts just like oh my goodness it's moving so fast the candles are moving so fast how can i keep up with that it's intimidating it's not so intimidating if you've already did your due diligence and studied for the test that means looking at the market prior to it opening up, understanding the news that is happening. And then on top of it, depending on how you're as a day trader, you know, one, what is the asset cost you provide? Because like for me to get into, uh, I told uh, Lena earlier that I made about 410 minutes. Um, for me to get into that, uh, I had to look at each ops, uh, 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 how much my assets cost. It only cost me eight cents to get in there and make the money. Eight cents, you know, it cost me eight cents. That's how much I paid the broker. I paid a brokerage fee to get in. That's how much I paid the broker. That that was the, that was their commission, you know. So yeah, you can have the eight cents, you know, to get into that market. I'm going to go ahead and, but I'm going to clean up on you. So, uh, but I knew it was going to be a down day today, especially Mondays. Mondays are always red Mondays, especially when the market first opens up. Um, and the only thing that was positive is oil. <laughs> oil is going up until it started retracing and it's retracing right now. But uh, I pretty much gave a perspective that if you you should look for the, uh, 
high 60s, uh, $70 market for, for the oil for right now, or uh, close to 80. No, high, no. Mid to high 70s, $80 for the oil right now for Exxon. But, and then it's going to probably continue to uh, 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 retrace until it shoots up to the sky. But uh, I do expect the 90, 93 before the before the twentieth, you have ninety three to ninety eight dollars worth of oil per barrel before Friday. Yeah, before the twentieth, ninety three to ninety eight, guarantee you. Let's do, I, let's let's do this real quick. Let's uh let's pause on this one, and then. Hey, what's up, guys? This episode is sponsored by Morning Brew. Morning Brew is actually a newsletter that we use at our company to basically get an edge or an advantage on our competition and when it comes to investment news. Morning Brew is a free newsletter that anyone can utilize. And every morning around 5 a.m., you're gonna get a crisp, structured email newsletter that will give you insider advantage when it comes to trading, investing, and building your portfolio. So if that sounds of interest to you, all you have to do to get your new subscription is go to leechandler.net slash morning brew. That's leechandler.net slash morning brew. Talk to you soon.